Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 137. The goal of Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast has always been to help everyone have a better Royal Caribbean cruise, and it seems if there's one aspect of the Royal Caribbean cruise vacation that we get a lot of questions about, it's got to be dinner. Dinner is a big part of your day on board a Royal Caribbean ship, and this week, we will explore the various dinner options available to guests to choose from, and we'll also discuss each option to help you understand exactly what to expect. Here we go. When you're on a Royal Caribbean cruise, there's a lot to be planning throughout your day, right? You've got to account for your activities, your uh, shore excursions, what you're going to be doing for uh, entertainment in the evening, and dining is really a big part of that as well. Certainly, you're going to be eating your three meals, if not more meals, during the day there. you got your breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but dinner really brings a lot of uh, angst and anxiety and, and questions about it, and it seems to be the meal that people always gravitate towards when you're talking about a Royal Caribbean cruise, both positive and negative, both people who love going to dinner on a Royal Caribbean cruise, because after all, you're not cooking, and also the, the there's concerns. They want to make sure they're doing the right thing, right? Right for them, right for the cruise line, everything in between. And this is why this week I wanted to talk about dinner. And I guess the first thing I got to say is if I can borrow a phrase from The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, if you're familiar with that uh, book, that's, of course, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is a fictional book. It's, it's a book about a book. Anyway, and on the, on the fictional Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, in two large letter, large words, right on the front cover says, don't panic. And that is definitely true about dinner on a Royal Caribbean cruise. Don't panic. It's not a big deal. It's not as big of a deal as you may think. And I think that a lot of people get caught up in it because people that are new to cruising especially – have these preconceived notions about what dinner is, and inevitably is something that looks a lot like something you might see out of Titanic, the old-timey days, people wearing tuxedos, and there's concerns of being ostracized from the ship for not properly uh, doing what you're supposed to be doing for dinner, not dressing up properly, not going to the right place, missing a certain tradition, whatever. People have a lot of anxiety about it. And, and I got to tell you, you don't have to worry about it. Number one, it's nothing like that. It's changed so much over the years to the point where really the formality of dinner, what's left of it, is very much a shell of what it used to be. So the good news is don't worry about it, really. It's nothing to be concerned about. And the other good news is there are a ton of options out there for you to consider for dinner because it's not just the main dining room. No, the main dining room is a big part of it, but there are a lot of different options out there. So let's go through these different options, talk about them, and I'm hoping that if, you, if you're one of these people who is concerned about dinner one way or another, after listening to this, you're going to feel a little bit better about it, and you'll be in a position to say, you know what, Matt? I'm looking forward to dinner. I'm not worried about it anymore, and that's my goal. So let's start with, well, the main dining room. It is the big part about it. It's probably the most obvious place you can go for dinner on a given night of your cruise, and every night, the main dining room will be open. Now, the main dining room has essentially two particular options available to it. You have traditional dining where you have two set times. Usually the first time is somewhere around the ballpark of 6, 6.30 p.m., and the second time is somewhere in the ballpark of 8, 8.30 p.m. And again, the exact times depend on your ship and sailing and all that. But two sets times, you pick one, and you go to it. Pretty straightforward. You go to it. There's a table waiting for you. You have the same wait staff. You have the same waiter and the same table every night, and you also have the same table mates every night. And it's kind of a crapshoot if you're going to be sitting by yourself. I mean, if you're going with a large enough group, if you're traveling with a group of, you know, six to eight people, odds are you're sitting by yourself. But if you're a couple or someone by yourself, maybe even a three or even a foursome, you may be seated with other people there. 
There's also this thing called My Time Dining. still takes place in the main dining room, but instead of having a set dinner time at a set table with a set waitstaff with a set dinner mates, you get to choose between certain times that start as early as in the 5 o'clock hour all the way going to almost 9 o'clock at night. So you have opportunities changed up, and this gives you more flexibility because now you get to pick the times you want to eat and and choose that. Now, which option is right for you? Boy, it depends on a lot of different factors. Certainly, the appeal of my time dining is you get the opportunity to work dinner around your schedule. You still want the main dining room experience. You still want to be able to sit down, have a really great dinner in a wonderful atmosphere, but you're not willing to say, I need to have it every night at the same time. It's not up your alley. You've got plans, whatever. You want to make it more flexible. Now, with my time, you can either show up or you make a reservation in advance. I often recommend, and Rokerman, I think, does as well, to make reservations in advance. You can set times. You can go, just like you book a specialty restaurant, which we'll talk about in a little bit. It's the same thing. You can book it online in advance, or when you get on board the ship, you can arrange times. And it, it, it's like anything else. If you show up, hey, you run the risk, you may wait, but they may be able to seat you nonetheless. So it's one of those things, and that's an option for you. I like traditional dining because I like having the same waits. I love having the waiters get to know me, and I get to know them because they're very entertaining, very smart, very talented folks who really make it their job, literally, to – make you happy to to serve you the things that you're looking you you know your tendencies to know that I really don't like I don't know cheese on this dish or or I like having as much coffee ice cream as humanly possible when that's available to me all those little nuances you know they kind of pick up on and it really becomes a big part of the experience now granted I started cruising uh, not too long ago I mean, it was back in the 90s but that was when traditional dining was really still a big part of it and and specialty dining and my time dining were not nearly as available as they are today. But nonetheless, I think it's a lot of fun. But some people don't like the formality of it. In the formality in the sense of you're set at a certain time. And yes, there are dress codes for both my time dining and traditional dining. Now, when people hear dress codes, they say, well, Matt, what did you just say earlier? You said there were no more Titanic scenes. I'm envisioning top hats again, man. Well, easy, buddy. You don't have to worry about that because the dress codes are, again, they, they're, they're, they're suggested dress codes. And how much they're enforced is much a topic of many discussion boards out there. I will tell you that on a seven-night cruise, you can expect two formal nights, and the rest of the nights is just casual. On casual nights, that basically means you're not wearing clothing you'd wear to the pool. So no tank tops, theoretically no shorts, no holes in your clothing, no hats, not, you know, I mean like baseball hats and things like that, no bathing suits, essentially. So pretty much, now that's a, that leaves quite a wide range of clothing, as you might imagine, and certainly you've seen all there. Formal night basically means something a little bit nicer than that. Let's put it, let's be honest. These names are just names, and they're not really representative of what the definition of the word may be. Will you see people in formal night wearing tuxedos and suits? Yes, absolutely. I'm one of them. I love wearing suits. I, I My family loves getting dressed up because to us... Other than weddings and funerals, there's no opportunities to get dressed up anymore. Like, we don't go to proms anymore. <laughs> At least I don't. So when else do you get to get dressed up and take nice photos? So that's why we do it, but you don't have to go to that length. Certainly, guys can easily get away with a collared shirt and a nice pair of pants, even jeans. If for, for ladies, almost any cocktail dress, nice blouse outfit really will suffice. So really, it's not as formal as the word formal may <laughs> lead you to believe. Now, that's the basics of it. You also have a number of options. As I mentioned earlier, boy, the other alternatives to the main dining room have grown exponentially in the last 
10 years or so. And I think it's real. It's, it's a response to two basic things. Number one, money. Royal Caribbean has realized they can make a lot of money on specialty dining and people who want alternative options. And number two, people do want alternative options regardless of the extra cost. People like having other ideas. Back in the day, back in the day, when you go on a Royal Caribbean cruise, you had maybe one or two specialty restaurants. You had like a Chops Grill. I'm not even going to count Johnny Rockets, but you had a Johnny Rockets. And maybe if you were lucky, you had a Portofino on your ship. And that was it. It was really kind of a, not hidden, but it was off on the side. Like, yeah, we got that too. But everybody goes to the main dining room. These days, it's all changed. And you have specialty dining that's available to you. In fact, on most Royal Caribbean ships now, the only one I can think of that is the exception is Majesty and Empress of the Seas, obviously, when that ship rejoins the fleet. Other than those two ships, every Royal Caribbean ship out there has a a lot of different restaurants that are available to you. I'm talking four or more restaurants easily. And that means you have the option of dining there instead. Now, these have additional costs to them. They're either going to be a cover charge where you pay X amount of money and then you can get whatever you want in there, or you pay an a la carte charge. So you whatever you order is what you pay for. It's just like a restaurant at home. And these restaurants offer, obviously, different menus. First and foremost, the reason to eat at a special restaurant is for a different kind of menu. So you'll have an Izumi, which has sushi, a Sabor, which has Mexican, a Giovanni's table, which has Italian, a Chops Grill, which has steaks. Uh, these are things that are sometimes not available on other complementary Royal Caribbean offerings, or they're not as prevalent or easy to find. Let me put it that way. So, you know, is there a taco night elsewhere? Yes, but sometimes you want tacos all the time or, or on a particular day. Well, that's what Sabor is for. And it's just like the main dining room. You make reservations or you can show up in advance or you just show up on time and hope for the will to take you. It's a risk either way, but you know, you have that option. You also have probably the, I would say, you know, the main dining room is the big one, right? And that's still think that's the case. But if you were to say, what's the major, what's number two? What's the major alternative? It's got to be the, the Windjammer, the Windjammer uh, Marketplace Buffet. And this is a buffet. This is an option that is available, just mirrors the times of your dinner in the main dining room. And you can go up there and it's a buffet. You get whatever you'd like. You, you're, you sit down, you eat. There is no dress code in the Windjammer. It's just like almost anywhere else on the ship. You can certainly go there in your bathing suit. Uh, you can you get your food as much as you want, as often as you want. It's available to you, hot or cold, depending on how it's served. And it's pretty straightforward. And the great thing about the Windjammer, people really love it because, again, there's no formality to it. You're not sitting with other people. There's no, there's no pomp and circumstance to it. Not that I think the main dining room really has any left, but... It's just what it is. It's the main dining room. It's the Windjammer, and it just offers you, essentially, a lot of the food that you might find in the in the main dining room, plus a lot more variety. There's a lot more options in the Windjammer you'll ever find there than in the main dining room, and you don't have to get dressed up for it. That's really the number one reason you go to the Windjammer for dinner, or you know you don't want to get dressed. You don't want the format. You don't. Want, maybe sometimes you're just tired. You say, you know what, Matt, I had a long day in Cozumel. I am pooped. I just want to get something to eat and you know, do something else. I'm not interested in getting all dressed up. I don't have the time. I'm tired. That's what the Windjammer is for. Alternatively, you might say, you know what? I'm just not really interested in getting dressed up. I've done there, been there, done that, not interested, whatever. There's your good option as well. Now, in addition to the Windjammer, there are other places on board that will be open. So you have your Sorrentos, which offers pizza, the Cafe Promenade. There are plenty of other places that are complimentary that will offer you food. Now, the selection may not be as grand as the, wind, as the Windjammer. That's why most people go to the Windjammer for, for dinner. But there are other options 
there as well. And there's one more option we will cover, which if you're on a quantum class ship, so that's basically going to be quantum of the seas, anthem of the seas, ovation of the seas, for at least at the time of this episode, then you have this, there is no main dining room, you have this concept called dynamic dining. And dynamic dining is, well, <laughs> Royal Caribbean, I think at one point, called the evolution in cruise line dining. I'm not sure that's necessarily the case. It's a different option. So on quantum class ships, there is no main dining room. All you have are complimentary restaurants and specialty restaurants. And instead of having a, a one large complimentary main dining room, you have multiple split-up dining rooms. So some are, like I said earlier, some cost money, some do not cost money, and you get to choose where you want to eat at. So imagine, basically, you're at home right now, which is probably not hard, too hard to imagine because most people, I think, listen to this podcast at home. And you're thinking to yourself, you know, where am I going to go for dinner tonight? Well, you think you can go to the pizza place down the street. There's the Chinese place you can order from. There is Mexican. And there's the diner, right? Just hypothetically. The, the same a concept with dynamic dining is that you have the choice every night to eat at one of those places. And some are free. And, and free complimentary because you did pay to get on the cruise ship. Some are complimentary and some cost extra. And it's pretty much that's it. It's just that simple. And you can make reservations in advance. Just show up. It's up to you. Now, Royal Caribbean did offer one extra little option after Quantum Disease debut. They realized some people really like me, like a more traditional dining experience. So they offer something called Dynamic Dining Classic, which basically allows you to, instead of you picking the complimentary restaurants on your own, Royal Caribbean will put you in a dining rotation. So you'll retain the same wait staff, the same table mates every night, and you'll rotate through the various complimentary restaurants. I hope this all makes some sense. It's kind of like, and of course, Dynamic Dining, the other Dynamic Dining choice is just like, you just pick whatever you want to eat, whatever you want. So if you want to eat every day at Silk or you want to mix it up and try them all, you could do that as well. So those are, these are the basic choices. Now, there's a new option in town, not, not a dining option, but a dining choice, and that is the dining packages. This is kind of a new thing, relatively new. In fact, it just came out in the last couple months, and this is a dining package Royal Caribbean offers for people to purchase dining packages in advance of their cruise to help them save money. So this goes back to one of the reasons why Royal Caribbean has proliferated specialty dining as much as it has. It does make money for them. And people do like them. I, I know a lot of people, in fact, myself, I often wax poetically about some of the my favorite specialty restaurants. So the dining packages offer guests the opportunity to do two things. Number one is to lock in a price for their package. And number two is it gives Royal Caribbean the opportunity to have perhaps a higher booking rate of folks in specialty dining spending money on the ship because onboard spending – for Royal Caribbean is huge these days. So the dining packages are broken down. Depending on your cruise ship you're going on and the length of your cruise, there are different options. But here's the basics of it. There are three, four, and five-night packages. Now, on Oasis and Quantum class ships, a three-night package will cost you $80. On other ships, it's $70. On a four-night dining package, Oasis and Quantum class ships will cost you $95. On other ships, it's $85. And for a five-night dining package... The cost for an Oasis or Quantum Class ship will be $110, and on other ships, it's $100. Now, you're asking, Matt, why is there a price difference between Oasis and Quantum Class ships? Simply, there are more options on Oasis and Quantum Class ships to the point where they are far more appealing to book a dining package, I think, than the other ships. That's my guess. I don't have any insight in this. It's just, just but I, my observation, if you will. So... The idea is if you buy the dining packages, you can save up to 40% off the price compared to purchasing the restaurants individually. So this requires two commitments on your part. Number one, you've got to buy this in advance. That's obviously – you're going to lock in that price. 
get that cost down for you. And you're going to also lock it. You're going to say to yourself, I am going to eat at three, four, or five specialty restaurants during my cruise. This is something I want to do. Because obviously, if you didn't go to one of them or you didn't take advantage of one of them or more, you'd be wasting your money. And number two is you are okay with this provision. And this is the big provision in it, is that after you book a dining reservation, you actually won't be able to choose the restaurants. What's going to happen is Royal Cream is going to make a pre-selection for one of your restaurants on day one or two of your cruise. So let's say you book, let's let's give an example. You book the three night, the three dinner packages. What's going to happen is Royal Caribbean is going to select the restaurants for you with the provision that you have to go to one of those three on day one or day two of your cruise. So when you get on board the ship, Royal Caribbean will let you know in your stateroom, hey, here's where you're going to be dining based on the dinner package. Now, the exception to this or the, what you can do is you can change it. You do have to eat on one of those restaurants on day one or two. That I don't believe you can change, but you can't change the restaurant you're eating at. So let's say Royal Caribbean books you Chops Grill, but gosh darn it, you really didn't want to eat there. You'd rather go to Giovanni's or you'd rather go to Sabor, whatever. You have the option of changing it out, that or any of them that you book. So if you book three, let's say Royal Caribbean books you Chops Grill, it will say you're on an Oasis Clashup, Chops Grill, Giovanni's Table, and Izumi, Okay. Well, then you can change them all. You can just say, ah, I'm not really interested in that. I'm going to change that, you know, to, to three different restaurants or move them. You can move them around, but you run the risk. This is a theoretical risk. And I'll be honest, I don't think this is a risk that will actually happen in the real world, but it could. In that you run the risk that you get on board the ship and everyone else has a similar thought about booking specialty dining and there's nothing else available and you're stuck with the reservation you have. It's a possibility. I will be the first one to admit it is not a realistic possibility that I would bet money on. I would say that if I were to say, Matt, do you think I'll be able to do it? If I had to put money down, will I be able to change what I've got? I would say yes. I I really, in all my cruises on Royal Caribbean, on many different ships across different times, there's always been flexibility with times and locations. It may not be the time and uh, location you want, your perfect time and location, but... There will be a good option for you to choose from. So I hope that kind of makes some sense there. Uh, for the dining packages, kids 6 through 12 uh, dine at specialty restaurants in general for only $10, and kids 5 and under eat free. So don't bother booking dining reservations, specialty, or dining packages, regardless, for children in advance. There's no point to it. Just leave them off. Book you as the adult, and when you get there, they'll just add them on for that special price. And... Uh, if you're, by the way, if you're saying, well, Matt, what happens if you want to use one of these dining packages at a, at a a la carte pricing restaurant like Zumi? How does that work? Well, Royal Cream will give you a $30 credit towards the food portion of your bill. But the real reason to book the dining packages is, A, you know you're going to be eating at three, four, or five specialty restaurants on, on a cruise. And B, you want a lot, you want to be able to save some money. Because obviously, if you did the, if you still book those restaurants on your own, you'd end up spending more money on there. But it requires a bit of pre-planning on your part, right? You got to know, okay, well, I'm gonna, you know, have things already set up for me. And some people that's okay, some people don't don't love it. So it's kind of up to you. And it's it's kind of something that, um, you know, it, it's it's a tough question, right? And there's a lot of options. There's a lot of options out there. But I think the key, if we can look back on everything we discussed here, is number one. Don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. It's not as big a deal as you may think it is. I know you hear words like formal night and main dining room and head waiter, anything. Oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. What am I getting myself into? It's not – it's it's really not nearly as bad as you think. I enjoy the main dining room experience, but there are great alternatives as well if you don't want to deal with that. And it's completely up to you as to what is the right choice. Everyone's different. Everyone's different preferences. 
you know, I'm sure we could line up. We could if we did if this were a live episode, I could get you know, 20 people to call in right now, and we get 20 different answers or very different answers all among the 20 people, and that's okay. That's what makes a Royal Caribbean cruise so much fun. What I love about Royal Caribbean is that it is modular. It allows you to have choice. That they give you so many choices, and it's up to you to do what you whatever you want to. Just like I can tell you, hey. It's your choice on during the afternoon if you want to go hang by the pool, go to trivia, or learn to fold towel animals, <laughs> or just take a nap. That's You totally have that choice. Same for dining. That's the beauty of it. And so one cruise, you might be in the main dining room the whole time. The next one, you're doing the specialty dining only, baby. Whatever, whatever you're interested, I hate to always use the, I would say whatever floats your boat. I think it's a bad pun. But whatever makes you happy, that's the key. And really, don't worry about it all because dining on a Royal Caribbean cruise, I think, is one of the best experiences out there. And, and I'm hoping this overview will give everybody here an opportunity to understand exactly what they're in for. And it's going to be a great time. Thank you so much for checking out the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast. You know, I consider each and every one of you my friends because we're hanging out talking about our favorite thing to talk about. Royal Caribbean Cruises. Thank you so much for checking out the podcast, reading royalcaribbeanblog.com. I love it. And we're going to start off today's email section with an email from Jody Patterson of Nantucket, Massachusetts. Writes, Hi, Matt. Found your podcast last year before our New York to Bermuda cruise on Liberty of the Seas. I can't thank you enough for all the invaluable information. We were originally Royal Cruisers, but switched to Disney when we started cruising with our daughter and had to reacclimate ourselves to all things Royal Caribbean. This year, my husband, eight-year-old daughter, and I are sailing on Oasis of the Seas in April to the Eastern Caribbean. Being the type A planner that I am, I am making all our reservations for shore excursions, shows, and dining. I would like to purchase one of the three or four-night dining packages, but I'm not exactly sure how it works. The planner asks you to choose a time, either day one or two. I'm hoping you can shed some light on how it works. Are all the special restaurants included? When do we choose the restaurant and day? And since kids eat for less, we'll be able to add our daughter to a reservation at some point. Thanks so much, and keep up the great work. Boy, Jody, great timing with this question because, of course, we just talked a lot about this, but there's some actually some interesting points and, and ideas that we need to talk about that you mentioned here. So, as I mentioned, they're going to choose a time for you on day one or two. You'll know about it when you get on board, and that's kind of the caveat, if you will, is that they do that for you. But you can change it, as I mentioned earlier. And pretty much all the specialty restaurants are included. I haven't seen any indication that others aren't or some aren't included in there. So as far as I know, that's the case. And you can choose the restaurants once you get on board. You can change it to whatever you want. So if they put, again, you know, three restaurants, you hate them all, or you prefer to eat three other ones, that's fine too. Subject to availability. And as I mentioned also, if you got your kids, don't book the package for them. Just wait add them on there. I've never had a problem with this where you just go to the restaurant and they'll say, oh, uh, Miss Patterson's the table. It's a party for two. Actually, we brought our kids with us. It's actually be a four. They, they really don't mind at all. It's not a big deal. So I hope that answers your question there, Jody. And I would love to hear, Jody, what your thoughts are of the dining package. Of course, you don't have to get the package. You could you know, buy the special restaurants on your own or, or choose to wait. Probably the, uh, we didn't cover this earlier. What's the reason not to get the dining package is, well, if you've got onboard credit, you can't spend onboard credit in advance. So buying a dining package is an option for you. So if you've got you know $100 of onboard credit, you'd rather spend that on, on, on specialty restaurants. Well, then you have to wait to get on board the ship and take advantage of that. So uh, Jody, I hope it works out for you. I'd love to hear your thoughts on not only your Oasis of the Seas cruise, but also if you get the dining package, I would love to hear uh, what, what your thoughts were on that. And if you don't get it, I would also love to hear why you didn't end up choosing. I hope I didn't talk you out of it necessarily, but... I always like hearing that kind of logic. I think a lot of people, other people do as well. Thank you for the email, Jody. Appreciate it. 
Next up, we have an email from uh, Murphy, who writes, I just got off Liberty this season in November and enjoyed a room that doesn't seem to be promoted by Royal, the Cotton Assert Club. Located at the end of the Royal Promenade is an indoor smoking lounge. It's not a room filled with smoke, but actually comfortable couches and chairs with a TV if there's a sporting event on. There was never a time when there wasn't someplace to sit down, even on NFL Sundays or, or Monday Night Football. Some of my cruise friends are telling me to be quiet because it's such a great place to have a cigar and meet up with some fellow cruisers, and it hasn't been quote-unquote discovered yet. I am heading back from my first cruise on Freedom of the Seas at the end of, in a couple months, actually. So wish me luck. I love the podcast. Keep up the good work. Awesome. I love hearing about these kinds of things. And certainly if you're, I think if you're a cigar smoker more than maybe a cigarette smoker, I think this is really the place for you. And yeah, that's a great spot. I think I've been in there on Freedom of the Seas on past cruises, um, but I haven't been there lately. But that is a very good tip. Thank you, Mer, for for sharing it with us. Next in our email bucket, we're going to an email from Lena Masana, who writes, Hey, Matt, just have to tell you, I have filled my driving time with all things Royal Caribbean blog. I started from episode one and have enjoyed the episode sometimes twice, working my way up to today's episode. Some other readers are right. It is easy to become obsessed with all things awesome because of the info you share with us. I will be selling on my first Royal Caribbean cruise on Enchantment of the Season, only 85 days for a weekend three-night sailing. This will be my fifth cruise overall. I'll be selling with my husband's family. I do have to say that everything online has been hard until recently. We booked our drink packages a week too late. One day was $42, and the following week was $46. We're getting the select for my husband and the Royal Replenish for myself. I like the peace of mind, and I think I like that new cruise planner as well. It is a huge difference from when I first booked last March until now. Phone wait times have been very long, to say the least. Our reservations would not connect, are finally connected after much annoyance. Hopefully, we get to tender over to Coco Cay as we have scheduled a jet ski excursion. This is my first real excursion. We don't really do much, just enjoy the ships. For NASA, my family just wants to walk around. I shall be listening to Michael Cool's reviews and try to persuade them to follow me. They may think I know it all. I have just studied under some experts. I do have a question or two, though. I heard a little about it on the recent podcast. Uh, currently, I'm caught up to episode 92. There was mention of a 70s or 80s night. Which night is usually on Enchantment and is it 70s or 80s? I did not see anything about this noted in the info. My sister-in-law likes the idea and would like to participate. We just want to make sure we have the right decade. If Is there any info you can provide about this? Also, which day is formal night? I also noticed that they do not depart at midnight for the sailing from Nassau. I'm wondering, is this a difference in sailing from Miami as opposed to Port Canaveral? Naturally, I had a dozen more questions I listened to, but I can't remember them now. Maybe I'll remember them before I go on alert at the end of August. Jealous, you and all will be on her soon. Until next time, happy cruising. Lena, great questions. Love the email, in fact, and, and some very good stuff. I'm glad to hear you're, you're, you're coming over to the Royal Caribbean side of things and you're enjoying it. And, you know, I think you're off to a good start so far. And But I would also, you know, I'm a big fan of using a travel agent because, you know, those phone wait times, I don't care how long. If it's, even if it's five minutes, I don't want to wait in line for five minutes. Let someone else do that work for you. That's why I use a travel agent for that kind of stuff. But the website also helps a big, and I, and I agree, I like the upgrade to the cruise planner. You know, people like to complain about the Royal Caribbean website, and it does have its flaws. No question about it. But I will say the cruise planner site today in 2016 is much, much better than the old cruise planner website from before this upgrade, which was probably, what, a year or two ago now at this point. Big upgrade. So I, I'm, I'm giving the thumbs up on that. So to answer your questions, Enchantment of the Seas, Formal Nights, I'm going to answer all your questions with one easy answer. And that is, go to the show notes. Yes, Lena, I'm going to give you the show notes because on the show notes for this episode of Royal Caribbean Blog, uh, I have a link to a recent Enchantment of the Seas cruise compass. And in there, you'll be able to give a pretty good idea of what to expect 
The Obviously, if you're going on one of these sailings after Enchantment of the Seas moved to Miami, which I think is what you're doing, I'm not exactly sure, uh, there may be slight differences, but in general, three and four night sailings really, really do not change at all. And this will give you a good idea for not only the entertainment on, on you know, which dance party is what night, what night is formal night, but also, also, it's going to allow you to see everything that you can reasonably expect to see on a, on a three-night cruise, especially on Enchantment of the Seas. And I think, you know what? This is what I do, Lena. When I have, when I book a cruise, whether it's a ship I've been on before or one that's brand new to me, first thing I do is like, well, I jump up and down and I get really, really excited. And then the next thing I do is I go to the Cruise Compass section of RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com and I look up the cruise compasses there because that gives you... It's not a 100% promise that everything you see there is what you're going to have, but it will give you a ballpark idea of what to expect and things like what night formal night is uh certain parties and and other entertainment aspects usually hold up and we get a lot of cruise compasses over the over the course of a year so it's not like you're going back two years you're only going to go back a couple months here in this case lena and i hope that's going to answer your question because you know what like you said you're gonna have you have other questions you just can't remember at the time of your email and that's okay i love answering them here but in this case I think what you really need is one of these cruise compasses to look at because that will, I think, not only answer the questions you asked me, but I probably will also give you some insight into maybe some other concerns you had as well. I love this, Alina. I want to hear more from your cruise. I'd love to hear what you thought of Enchantment of the Seas. As you know, our good friend Michael Poole, who's on this podcast sometimes, loves that ship. Can't get enough of it. So I would love to hear what you think about it as well, Lena. Thank you so much. And I think we're going to round out today's email with an email from uh, who's this email from oh Nancy Ness who's a realtor Nancy who writes hey Matt Cruzen Realtor here there, there's their uh, username there on the boards I wanted to tell you about my visit to Giovanni's table we were on Oasis January 30th to February 6th and loved it anyway one night we made reservations for Giovanni since we love Italian food it was a beautiful night so we sat outside the food on Oasis has been amazing though I had high expectations for Giovanni's I was not disappointed we we had ordered a variety of different things. For, appeti- for appetizers, we had scallops, which were the best we had on the ship. We tried the scallops at Chops and they didn't like them because they were overdone. At Giovanni's, they were really good. We also had eggplant parm, which was great. For dinner, I really wanted fettuccine Alfredo. However, I didn't say on the menu. I was so looking forward to that all day. I asked the waiter and he said, no problem. The chef can prepare that for you. I was so excited. It was amazing. So if you don't see something you're craving on that menu, just ask. Because chances are, they'll be able to provide it for you. My husband is very allergic to fish and mushrooms, and they took extra care of him. We ate uh, we ate so much of Giovanni's, I actually had a stomachache. It was so worth it, though. And for dessert, I had some kind of chocolate cake. Honestly, Royal Caribbean needs to work on their desserts. They were really not very good. Nonetheless, Giovanni's definitely one of the top-rated restaurants, and I cannot wait to go back. Love the review, Nancy. Well said. And I think for dessert, you got to go with the cannoli when you're at when you're at Giovanni's table. Uh, what is you know, uh, leave the gun, take the cannoli. Well, in this case, it's leave everything else, take the cannoli. That's the dessert to go to. And I love Giovanni's table. What I love about Giovanni's table, also on an Oasis class ship like you went to with Oasis of the Seas, is the outdoor dining option that's there. It's really cool. It's a different experience, and boy, it's it's a beautiful restaurant. And so, Nancy, I'm so glad to hear that you enjoy Giovanni's. To perfect timing for this episode because we're talking about dinner here. So great, love the reviews. Always, in, in fact, I really, really, really uh, lo- would love any reviews that anybody has. If you go to a restaurant or you do a shore excursion or whatever, hey, if you just want to write up a quick little write up, I would love to read it right here on the podcast. And of course, you got your own questions, comments, thoughts, whatever's on your mind about Royal Caribbean. This is your venue to talk about it. This is what we do. These emails are all for you to help everybody here. 
have a better Royal Caribbean cruise. So do me a favor, email me, Matt, M-A-T-T, at royalcaribbeanblog.com, Matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Remember, there is no question too small, too complicated. If you're wondering about it, odds are other people are too, and we want to make sure we help everybody out here. So Matt at royalcaribbeanblog.com. Until next time, I'm Matt Hochberg, and we'll talk again soon.